Blog Talk Radio. everyone. It is Thursday, August 10th of 2023. You are listening to PGN Prophetic Grace Network. This is Secrets Revealed. Understand the book of Revelation from start to finish. Listen live at 8 a.m. Central and 9 a.m. Eastern on Thursdays to PGN Secrets Revealed. Understand the book of Revelation from start to finish in August of 2023. We have analysis and discussion of the purple and scarlet prophecy with me, your Book of Revelation research scientist. These are happening live on PGN on Sundays at 12 noon Texas time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And on Thursdays, Thursday mornings, uh, this morning, we are live at 8 a.m. Central. That's 9 a.m. Eastern time. I encourage you to share your perspective or pose a question about the book of Revelation. You can do that using our PGN text number, 1-214-505-8719. Our PGN text number is 1-214-505-8719. You can also share your prayer request using our PGN text number, 1-214-505-8719. If you'd like to communicate during the live internet broadcast with conversation with me, your PGN host, you can use our PGN phone number. We have two now. The uh, it's the old PGN number one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. So today we're talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy in the Book of Revelation. I want to read. That prophecy, it is in Revelation chapters 17, 18, as well as verses 1 to 5 of chapter 19. So here it is, the purple and scarlet prophecy in the book of Revelation. After we hear it, I will share insights on where the Antichrist and where the dragon are referenced in the purple and scarlet prophecy, let's hear it. John the Revelator says, quote, One of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me. Come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment that is going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her. And the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns. And blasphemies against God were written all over it. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand, 
she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead. Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. Why are you so amazed? The angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now. And yet, he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills, where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. The sixth now reigns, and the seventh is yet to come. But his reign will be brief. The scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he, too, is headed for destruction. The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. They will all agree to give him their power and authority. Together, they will go to war against the Lamb. But the Lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and King of all kings. And his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. Then the angel said to me, The waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. They will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast. And so the words of God will be fulfilled. And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city, that rules over the kings of the world. After all this, I saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority, and the earth grew bright with his splendor. He gave a mighty shout, Babylon has fallen. That great city has fallen. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture, and every foul and dreadful animal. For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her. Because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. Then 
I heard another voice calling from heaven. Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. For her sins are piled as high as heaven, and God remembers her evil deeds. Do to her as she has done to others. Double her penalty for all her evil deeds. She brewed a cup of terror for others, so brew twice as much for her. She glorified herself and lived in luxury, so match it now with torment and sorrow. She boasted in her heart, I am queen on my throne. I am no helpless widow, and I have no reason to mourn. Therefore, these plagues will overtake her in a single day, death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by fire, for the Lord God who judges her is mighty. And the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn for her as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. They will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will cry out, How terrible, how terrible for you, O Babylon, you great city. In a single moment, God's judgment came on you. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy their goods. She bought great quantities of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls. Fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet cloth. Things made of fragrant thion wood, ivory goods, and objects made of expensive wood, and bronze, iron, and marble. She also bought cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, wagons, and bodies, that is, human slaves. The fancy things you love so much are gone, they cry. All your luxuries and splendor are gone forever, never to be yours again. The merchants who became wealthy by selling her these things will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will weep and cry out, How terrible, how terrible for that great city! She was clothed in finest purple and scarlet linens, decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls. In a single moment, all the wealth of the city is gone. And all the captains of the merchant ships and their passengers and sailors and crews will stand at a distance. They will cry out as they watch the smoke ascend. And they will say, where is there another city as great as this? And they will weep and throw dust on their heads to show their grief. And they will cry out, How terrible, how terrible for that great city. The ship owners became wealthy by transporting her great wealth on the seas. In a single moment, it is all gone. Rejoice over her fate, O heaven, and people of God, and apostles and prophets. For at last, God has judged her for your sakes. Then, a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone. He threw it into the ocean and shouted, Just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence and will never be found again. The sound of harps, singers, flutes, and trumpets will never be heard in you again. No craftsmen and no trades 
will never be found in you again. The sound of the mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The happy voices of brides and grooms will never be heard in you again. For your merchants were the greatest in the world, and you deceived the nations with your sorceries. In your streets flowed the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people, and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again, their voices rang out. Praise the Lord. The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. Then the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshiped God, who was sitting on the throne. They cried out, Amen, praise the Lord. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him, from the least to the greatest. That is the purple and scarlet prophecy in its entirety. It begins with verse 1 of Revelation chapter 17, and it ends with verse 5 of Revelation chapter 19. The purple and scarlet prophecy is the documentary in the book of Revelation that documents the realities of the destruction of Babylon after the great tribulation at the culmination of the wrath of God. The great tribulation will be 1,260 days of the wrath of Satan. The Great Tribulation will be a time of great distress for those who are team Jesus, those who are among God's holy people, those who worship the one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. The Great Tribulation, where Satan, using the Antichrist and the false prophet, will persecute first those who worship our one God in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, and second, the war on the children, the biological descendants of Sarah during the Great Tribulation, those who are those biological descendants, they will be in Israel. Those that are in Israel who are the biological descendants of Abraham and Sarah, the children of the promise. A war will be waged against them for 1,260 days. After, after a disaster with water, which was an attempt to destroy the physical location of the temple of God, after that fails, in his anger, Satan 
will inspire the Antichrist and false prophet to enlarge the war, which initially is a war against Israel and the biological descendants of Abraham and Sarah, the children of the promise, those who are worshiping our one God in the rebuilt temple after the attempt to destroy Israel with water fails. The war will be enlarged to include a war against those who have testimony for Jesus Christ as described at the end of Revelation chapter 12. So in this prophecy, there's a report of what happens afterward. So there's the wrath of Satan, which is the great tribulation, that's followed by the wrath of God, which is the seven final plagues. The seven final plagues are described in the seven final plagues prophecy, Revelation chapters 15 and 16. When the seventh and final plague comes, when the angel pours out the vial of the seventh plague on the earth, one of the consequences is the destruction of the headquarters of the harlot church, the headquarters of the one world religion promoted by the false prophet in tandem with the Antichrist. And that's described briefly. Babylon is fallen. That's noted in the seven plagues prophecy. The details of it, the full report of how and why this city, referred to as a woman in the purple and scarlet prophecy, the details of what exactly happens when the seventh and final plague is poured out to the location where the woman rules, that's the headquarters of the Harlot Church, during the Great Tribulation. This is provided to us in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. So, during the Great Tribulation, there are three who are working together. There's the dragon Satan and his flunkies, the Antichrist and the false prophet. Now, let us give our attention to where the Antichrist, where Satan, where these two of the three are identified in the purple and scarlet prophecy. Let's go back to the beginning, Revelation 17, and the first reference to the unholy trinity, Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. The first reference to the unholy trinity, the dragon, the false prophet, and the Antichrist is found in Revelation 17. Verse 7, it says, Why are you so amazed? The angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast 
with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now. Let's pause there for a second. So the beast is referenced in many places in the book of Revelation. In the 666 Antichrist prophecy, we learn that the beast refers to the ten-nation alliance that will dominate political and economic affairs during the Great Tribulation, and by extension, its mouthpiece, which will ultimately be the Antichrist. We also learn in the 666 Antichrist prophecy that there's, quote, another beast, which is the false prophet. Let's hear that to give us context for what appears in Revelation 17. So in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, it says, I saw that one of the beasts, I saw that one of the heads of the beasts seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The world, the whole world marveled at this miracle and gave such allegiance to the beast. They worshiped the dragon for giving the beast such power. And they also worshiped the beast. So you hear that? They also worshipped the beast. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed, who was able to fight against him? So it says they worshipped the beast. And then when we go down and we see the actions of the false prophet, we're told that the false prophet commissions a statue so that a statue of the beast so that the people who belong to this world will worship the beast. So who is the beast? The beast is the Antichrist. Let's hear about how the false prophet commissions a statue of the beast, which is the Antichrist, so that people will worship it. Now, why do we want to hear these scriptures? Because we're told, we're told in verse 4 of the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation 13, they worship the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worshipped the beast. So not only will people worship Satan, the people who belong to this world, but they will worship the Antichrist. And so we hear, we hear in Revelation 13, still in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, talking about the false prophet, he ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. So that's Revelation chapter 13, verse 14. What we're told here is that there's, quote, the first beast. So the first beast refers to the Antichrist, and there will be a great statue of the Antichrist. And we're told in verse 15, the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. So people will worship the statue of the Antichrist. You say, what people? The people who belong to this world. The people whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. So the first beast is the Antichrist. And then we were told 
In verse 11, then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. That refers to the false prophet in Revelation chapter 13, verse 11. So there are two beasts, the Antichrist and the false prophet. But the first beast is the Antichrist. He is identified as the first beast. In the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation 13. Now, let us go back. Let us go back to the purple and scarlet prophecy. We want to understand where the Antichrist and Satan are identified. So it says here in verse 7 of chapter 17. An angel is talking to John the Revelator and says, I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten hordes on which she sits, the beast you saw was once alive but isn't now. And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. Now I shared earlier that there's an unholy trinity, and that unholy trinity is the dragon, the antichrist, and the false prophet. The dragon is Satan. Then the Antichrist, an agent of Satan, is the second part of the unholy trinity. And then there's the false prophet, who is the third part of the unholy trinity. Now here we're told, that there's a beast. So in the book of Revelation, the beast refers to Satan in some instances, and in other instances, the Antichrist, who's referred to as the first beast in the 666 Antichrist prophecy. And then sometimes the beast refers to the false prophet who's noted as another beast, also in the Revelation, in Revelation chapter 13, the 666 Antichrist prophecy. So when you see the beast in the book of Revelation, you have to look at the other information provided about the beast in order to know whether the scripture is talking to you and me, truth seekers, whether the scripture is talking to us about Satan, the Antichrist, or the false prophet. Now, here's how we know who this beast is. It says, the beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now. And yet, he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. In the Millennial Reign Prophecy, which is Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10, we are told about how Satan will go to the bottomless pit. Let's hear it. Revelation 20, verse 3. Let's start with uh, verse 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit. Now, this is important. The bottomless pit, 
So in the purple and scarlet prophecy, when telling us about this beast, we're told that And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit. So we need to know, in order to uh, be clear on which beast is being discussed here, we need to know who comes out of the bottomless pit and goes to eternal destruction. So in Revelation chapter 20, in the millennial reign prophecy, this is talking about what happens immediately after Jesus Christ has fought and won the Battle of Armageddon here on this present earth. It picks up with the millennial reign prophecy in Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He sees the dragon, that's Satan, that old serpent who is the devil Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. So it's very clear here, the specific entity who's thrown into the bottomless pit is Satan. So the Antichrist is not thrown into the bottomless pit, and the false prophet is not thrown into the bottomless pit. Only Satan is thrown into the bottomless pit. So the beast in the book of Revelation can refer to Satan, the Antichrist, or the false prophet, and we must look at the other details to know which beast is being discussed. They're all a part of the unholy trinity. Now, more evidence that for sure this is the beast being described. It says in Revelation 20, verse 10, No, no, let's go to verse 7. When the thousand years comes to an end, so this is picking up with, okay, well, what happens to Satan? When the thousand years comes to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations. Then it says, uh, verse 9, and I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people in their beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. So here, when talking about the fate of Satan, we're told that Satan, immediately after the battle of Armageddon, is fought and won. Satan gets into hand-to-hand combat with an angel of the Lord. He loses that battle. The angel throws him into the bottomless pit, closes it, and locks it. A thousand years later, Satan is released, and he comes up out of the bottomless pit. He goes and does what he normally does. The mortals that are still alive, the mortals that survived the battle of Armageddon and that continued and persisted, Some, maybe all, we're not told, but those individuals are deceived. They become a part of the army of Satan. They approach Jerusalem as if to take it down, but there's no war. The Battle of Armageddon is the war to end all wars. There's no war. Fire simply comes down from heaven and consumes 100% of those people who are in yet another army attempting 
to uh, take out Jerusalem and the people of God. Then what happens to the devil, who all of a sudden he was alive. What does that mean? When someone is in Hades, that's a prison of darkness. When someone is in Hades, a prison of darkness below the earth, that individual is dead. That individual is there as a disembodied spirit. So when Satan is thrown into the bottomless pit, Satan has experienced death. In other words, he is disembodied at that point. But when he is released out of the bottomless pit, he's alive. He's on this present earth. Yet, it's only for a short time. Because after his armies are destroyed, what happens? It says in verse 10, Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. So at the battle of Armageddon, the Antichrist, that's one beast, the Antichrist is thrown into the lake of fire. That's the second death, thrown into Gehenna. The false prophet is thrown into the lake of fire. Gehenna, that's the second death. But Satan, he doesn't join them at the Battle of Armageddon. He gets into hand-to-hand combat with an angel of the Lord. He loses it. He's thrown into the bottomless pit in Hades. He's disembodied. He has experienced mortality. Now let's go back to the purple and scarlet prophecies where we see that discussion of the same the same set of facts is provided, but in the context of what's going to happen to the headquarters of the Harlot Church, where the false prophet uh, will be during the Great Tribulation. Okay, let's see where these same facts are discussed about Satan in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. It says in verse 8, The beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now. That's telling us that this beast, whether it's the Antichrist or the false prophet or Satan, was once alive, but isn't now. Let's see which one it is. Then it says, and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. So this is telling us when it says, he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit, It has to be Satan because Satan is the beast that comes up out of the bottomless pit. And when does he go to eternal destruction? He goes to eternal destruction at the end of the millennial reign, and he joins the Antichrist and the false prophet who will already be there in the lake of fire. That's Gehenna, the second death. So again, the angel says, why are you so amazed? I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now. And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, 
whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. So the beast who had died. So this is telling us that Satan will experience the first death mortality. Satan will be disembodied when he loses that fight with the angel of the Lord described in Revelation 20 verse 1. He dies. He is thrown into the bottomless pit. Now, let me say a little bit about that. Any angel or human being who has been created always exists. When an angel or human being experiences mortality, experiences death is what I mean to say, let's talk about humans first, the individual either continues as a disembodied spirit in heaven or continues as a disembodied spirit in Hades, in a prison of darkness. And we're told also in the Bible that there are angels who are confined in prisons of darkness because they went outside the scope of their authority. So in Hades, there are humans awaiting the great white throne judgment. They're awaiting their resurrection and there are fallen angels, some, who are, are there in Hades, too, at this time. So, again, we're told in Revelation chapter 20, verse 1, how Satan dies. How Satan, who is referred to as the dragon and as the beast, remember the beast is an unholy trinity. It includes the Antichrist, the false prophet, and their leader, Satan. And then in Revelation chapter 13, we're told that the Antichrist is a beast who will be worshipped. They'll make a statue of the Antichrist, one beast. People of this world, people who belong to this world will worship it. And then later in Revelation 13, we're told that there's, quote, unquote, another beast. That's talking about the false prophet. But here, in the purple and scarlet prophecy, which beast of the unholy trinity is being referred to? It is surely Satan. And it says, the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. So when does Satan quote-unquote, reappear? When is the, quote-unquote, reappearance of this beast? Well, we're told, again, in Revelation 20, verse 7, when the thousand years comes to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. So where's his prison? It's the bottomless pit. So he emerges from Hades, in the bottomless pit where he is, a prison, he's released and he's permitted. It says he will be let out of his prison. So he's locked up for a thousand years, then he's let out. And we're told in the purple and scarlet prophecy that when this happens, 
The people who belong to this world will be amazed at his reappearance. Why? Because he had died. They will not have seen Satan for a thousand years. So they will be, quote, unquote, amazed at the reappearance of this beast. So it will be like, oh, he's come back to life. And that will be a part of how he deceives uh, those whose names were not written in the book of life. Okay. So what, what are we clear on at this point? In the purple and scarlet prophecy, the beast that has seven heads and ten horns, it says, I will tell you the mystery of this woman. The woman refers to a city, the city that will be the headquarters of the harlot church during the Great Tribulation. This city rests on, it rides, its, uh, its seat, where it sits, is with Satan. Have you ever heard this expression, uh, where you stand is based on where you sit? So in other words, what people promote, what they believe in, is, is based on who they are and what they do. What they stand for is based on who they are and what they do. What the headquarters of the Harlot Church will stand on and promote is, is based on uh, who she is. Who is she? She is the location where Satan will have his headquarters, where Satan will promote his agenda for the whole world. Okay, so Revelation chapter 17, verse 8, refers to a beast. And which beast of the unholy trinity is it? It refers to Satan, who will come up out of the bottomless pit after the battle of Armageddon is fought and won and after he is in a prison of darkness in the bottomless pit for a thousand years and he's released he'll come out of that bottomless pit people will be amazed because he will have died after fighting the angel but he will come out of that bottomless pit he'll be on this earth again but it's for a short time because it says he will ultimately go to eternal destruction. The angel says, quote, and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. That's the second death, the lake of fire. Let's hear that one more time. Then the devil, we're in Revelation 20, verse 10. Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. So the devil will join the antichrist and the false prophet in the lake of fire after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth. Now let us talk about another beast. So there are three beasts referred to in the book of Revelation. Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. They also have other titles. So Satan is most frequently referred to as the dragon, the false prophet is most frequently referred to as the false prophet and the antichrist as the antichrist. But sometimes the false prophet is referred to as another beast in Revelation 13. And we hear in the, perfect, in the purple and scarlet prophecy right here that Satan is referred to as 
the beast with seven heads and ten horns. Okay, let us talk about another beast described in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, the Scarlet Beast. So if you listened to PGN and you heard Prophet Randy Chandler's talk on September September 12th, of 2022 you heard an announcement of the identity of the antichrist and you learned that the color of the hair of the antichrist is dark red so dark scarlet red now let's hear what the book of revelation says about the scarlet beast revelation 17 That was, but is no longer, is the eighth king. Now, interestingly, we hear this language again. Was, but is no longer. That's in verse 11. And when talking about Satan, we heard, the beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now. Time... Time is coming to an end. So at the end of the age, we move into the eternities of eternities. We, we, we move into eternity future. That's beyond time. So when the angel of the Lord is talking here, he's not focused singularly on one point in chronological time he's talking about all events in the context of eternity so in the context of eternity he says talking about satan the beast you saw was once alive but isn't now and then in verse 11 talking about the scarlet beast the scarlet beast that was but is no longer so how how can a person uh, and in this case, let's talk about the Scarlet Beast. Um, how can it be that he was, he is a human being, but is no longer? So God's strategy for destruction of his enemies is the second death. It's not the first death. So the first death is simply experiencing death. And in that case, a person or an angel is disembodied. Uh, if the entity is in Christ, if the human being is in Christ, we're told to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those who are in Christ. But if the person is not in Christ, the person descends as a disembodied spirit into Hades, which is a prison of darkness. And that person's in a holding, a holding tank person's in a layover, if you will. Layover to what? The great white throne judgment. Now here it says, the scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. The antichrist is, he will exist, he does exist on this present earth. But we hear in Revelation 20 verse 10, well, he's in the lake of fire, and Satan joins him. 
Now, how do we know that the Antichrist will be destroyed? In the marriage supper prophecy, Revelation 19, verses 6 to 21, after the battle of Armageddon, at the end, the Antichrist is destroyed. He's not, he, he's not sent to Hades. Okay, so that's the first death. When people experience the first death, they go to Hades. But when people experience the second death, they go to Gehenna. Gehenna is another part of hell. Gehenna is permanent. Gehenna is the fiery lake. When an individual or an angel, fallen angel, goes to Gehenna, that's it. The person is there forever. Let's hear about how the Antichrist experiences the second death. In Revelation 20, verse 20, it says, And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. So the Antichrist is no more at this point. So in other words, the Antichrist continues to exist, but he has experienced the second death. What's that? Being forever separated from God the Father, being forever separated from Jesus Christ, God the Son, being forever separated from the Holy Spirit that indwells all who are in Christ. Being forever separated in not in a prison of darkness, but in a fiery lake of burning sulfur. That's a specific location, Gehenna. Now, let us go back to the purple and scarlet prophecy. We heard in Revelation 20, verse 20, that the Antichrist is no more when thrown into the lake of fire. Now, here in verse 11, in the purple and scarlet prophecy of chapter 17, we're not there yet. It says the scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. So from the context of eternity, the Antichrist is dead. From the context of eternity, your grandmother, your grandfather, your niece, your nephew, your best friend who is in Christ is alive forevermore. during the millennial reign of Christ and on the new earth to come. So let's get it an eternal perspective. That's what the angel is talking to us from here. Now let's get more details. The scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. So the scarlet beast is headed for destruction. What's that? That's the second death. That's being... Uh, that's being thrown into the lake of fire, Gehenna. That's the second death. So we're told the scarlet beast is headed for destruction. This is in Revelation 17, verse 11. And in Revelation 19, verse 20, we see the reality of when the scarlet beast experiences destruction. Okay, but not yet. Not yet. In Revelation 17... We're talking about what happens during the Great Tribulation. What happens during the Great Tribulation? It says, he, talking about the scarlet beast, the Antichrist, is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. The ten horns of the beast 
are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. They will all agree to give him their power and authority. So ultimately, the rulers of the ten-nation alliance during the Great Tribulation will agree to give their authority to the Antichrist. They will give their authority to the Antichrist. And verse 14 says, together, talking about the Antichrist and the rulers of the ten-nation alliance, together they will go to war against the Lamb. But the Lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and King of all kings. So this, Revelation 17, 14, is referring to the marriage supper prophecy, where we hear in great detail how the Antichrist and the kings of the ten-nation alliance go to war against Jesus Christ and the armies of heaven. And, of course, they lose. Jesus Christ and the armies of heaven fight and win the battle of Armageddon. Okay. I hope that you are intrigued and inspired to continue your time with me and with us here at PGN, we're going to be talking more about the purple and scarlet prophecy in the days and weeks to come. In August of 2023, we're focused exclusively on the purple and scarlet prophecy in the book of Revelation. I encourage you to make time to be with me and with us as we unlock secrets of the book of Revelation. And... I declare and decree according to Revelation chapter 1 that you are blessed because you have heard the words of prophecy in the book of Revelation today. And I urge you, according to Jeremiah 33, 3, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know.